Thanks for tuning in to the Enjoying the Journey podcast, brought to you by Rise Ministries. Remember to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts, and to follow Rise Ministries on any of our social media channels. Thanks for listening. Hey everybody, welcome to the Enjoying the Journey podcast. My name is Rob and I'm so excited to have you join us. You ever have a quote that really resonates with you? That happened to me at a conference recently and it was by Paula Ferris and she said this, tragedy or pain and opportunity can coexist. And as I thought about it, it's part of the reason why we started Enjoying the Journey because we all have a story and through those stories, sometimes we have mountaintop experiences, Sometimes we have valley experiences, but we can find ways to enjoy the journey even when adversity is staring us in the face. This week, I am so excited to have my friend Darren from We Are Messengers join us on Enjoying the Journey. If you've never listened to We Are Messengers, I encourage you to go out and pick up their latest CD, Power. It was released in 2020. Also, if you've never listened to Darren speak, first of all, I hope you love this episode. And second, I would say look him up on YouTube. But anyway, we're so excited that you've joined us. And if you haven't already, we hope you'll start enjoying your journey. Well, Darren, thanks. Thanks so much for joining us. You're actually our first guest ever on the Enjoying the Journey podcast. So (laughs) I am so excited to have you kick this off for us. It's a new endeavor for us. And we just welcome you, I first met you, obviously, at Rise Fest, and just have always, always mm-hmm. appreciated you, appreciated your heart, how you stand for the gospel. And so as we as we started this, this podcast, the idea behind it is enjoying the journey. So I heard this from, from Paula Ferris. It's where pain or tragedy and opportunity can coexist. So we all have stories. We all have mm-hmm. journeys that we walk through, but at the same time, we can enjoy it, especially when we have faith in Christ. And so I've always appreciated mm-hmm. what you have shared from stage at our festival or where, whether I've seen you at a, a, another show in, in your heart. So I would just love for you to tell people a little bit about you, your story, if they've never heard it, how the idea of enjoying the mm-hmm. journey can, can work. Yeah, well, great. Thank you. You're going to hear a ton of noise in the background. I have four children. Uh, and so my wife just uh, finished a Mexican male geography le- lesson for oh. part of her homeschooling. Yeah. So bear with me. Um, I think for me, uh, my story is not too dissimilar to a lot of people. You know, it's uh, it's a very classic prodigal son kind of coming home to Jesus. I guess with the twist that I was an atheist, so I didn't know Jesus could love anyone like me. Um, but when, but when he came for me, I gladly ran to him, you know, when I realized the depth of my sin, how lost I was, how depressed and anxious and, um, dangerously evil (laughs) I, I was, you know, uh, and mercy and grace came for me changed my life radically and I thought that once that happened you know me and my wife would live happily ever after we'd have family we'd live close to my parents life would be wonderful you know because I guess I bought into this idea that following Jesus was a wonderful life um 
And what I realized as I read the scriptures and as I've, you know, lived, uh, you know, 12 years since my um, maternity to Jesus, I realized that life is wonderful, but not in the way I thought it would be. Um, and so I'm a very complicated, messy man still. You know, I still wrestle with a lot of sin, still wrestle with a lot of a lot of being me, a lot of humanity. Um, and I, I used to feel ashamed of that. And sometimes you should, I should feel convicted at the very least about that. But when I read the scriptures and I see people like Paul and Stephen and Barnabas and, and these great men of our faith, I look at their lives and I, I listen to them now in their stories and I hear their brokenness. I hear that they have contrite hearts. They know they're sinners. Paul, this incredible leader in our faith, says he's the greatest of all sinners. And that doesn't make me feel great about myself because, like, if I could be anything like Paul, but um, and I realize that realize that this wonderful life, you only really know how wonderful it is when it falls apart, and you realize that Jesus is the only thing that's catching you, and He's the only thing that's mm. truly real. That Jesus is the most real yeah. part of our lives, you Absolutely. know. Absolutely. That makes sense, Absolutely. Rob. Yeah, because, you know, I, I struggle with, with the same things. I, I don't always feel good about who I am. I wonder, I question, I, I wrestle with things. Yeah, when you say Paul was was the one that says, you know, I'm one of the worst sinners, it's like, oh, great, but you also made the New Testament. <laughs> I'm pretty sure, <laughs> you know, I don't well, here, hold up, pause this. I'm going to move because it's too loud for you. That's not fair. I'm going to... Heidi, babe, I'm, I'm going to go upstairs, all right? Is that... Okay, Emmanuel, take him, take him for like 15 minutes, all right? Okay, bye-bye. Love you. That, that's real enjoying the journey, man. That's exactly what we're talking about. Yeah, dude. That's like... That's, that's like exactly... Chaos, you know, we have these beautiful moments... Talking about spirituality and, and how we're sometimes the worst of sinners. And yet right there in, in that moment of adversity, so to speak, right? Trying to do an interview or whatever the kids are screaming at. That's the idea that even in the moment of adversity, we yeah. still get to enjoy the journey. That's good. That's good. I think we all we tend to look. Uh, we tend to like uh, split our lives up. One side is like the holy Jesus Christian side and the other side is just the, you know, day to day getting by doing what we do. But the truth of the gospel is there's no differentiation between a Sunday morning and a Monday morning. There's no differentiation between worshiping in a church and uh, changing <laughs> your kid's diapers because he desperately needs you to because his <laughs> bottom is stinking. Um <laughs> Those are Absolutely. holy things, you know, and we miss that. And my wife is better at it than me. Like, honestly, even we just had mm -hmm. this little dinner I told you about. And I don't do well with noise. And it was like the noisiest thing ever. And I was telling these kids, if you want me to come back to this restaurant, we're <laughs> going to need to take this down a few levels, you know. Um, but uh, she's able to enjoy those things because she has realized that those are the holy, precious moments. It's not about our performance or are how we're perceived, the perceptions, all of, it's all phony. It's all a load of nonsense. It's, it's about who we are and can we be present in the good times and the bad times? Will we still believe that Jesus is good? Because if he's only good whenever everything is easy, he's not our God at all. He's just a little genie. We can rub his head and get what we want. 
that's not how he works because he's the king of kings and the mm-hmm. lord of lords you know and he do, he he didn't die on a cross rob just to uh take our sin like that's one part of the story but the other part of that story was jesus wanted to mm-hmm. be lord again in our lives he wanted to be king and so I think when we reduce our walk with God to doing good things and living a good life in everyone's perception, we miss the simplicity of it. And so I'm trying, but it's hard, especially yeah, doing what absolutely. I do. You know. Well, and to, and talk just just a little bit about that. I mean, artists are known to be on the road, and, and right now we have all of us have lived through one of the craziest times ever in the history of the world with this pandemic. Mm-hmm. Uh, idea or not idea but this pandemic we're all all living and so you know you want to live in the moments and you want to treasure this whether the kids are screaming at the restaurant or in the background but then there's moments where it's like mm-hmm. i love the idea that i'm a great dad great husband and that i'll be there when they're screaming but mm-hmm. i'd really rather be back out on the road <laughs> and sharing <laughs> jesus with people and, and so how are you yep. kind of walking through that right now because there is such, so I'm not a musician, but I get the opportunity to speak a lot. There is such an outlet when we get to share both the good and the bad. Mm-hmm. And when you come home, yeah, you're just a, another person helping out. And at times you miss those beautiful moments. It's more what I call an annoyances, mm-hmm. right? And, and so yeah. you, you want to get out there and, and talk about Jesus and share Jesus. But yeah, how have you been wrestling through just not being on the road mm. um it's been tough at times i guess at least i have all the right let's say i continue to write and producing other people's records and um i would say that for the last six months we stopped touring about six months ago yep. because of the pandemic and i would say probably i've probably squandered two or three of those months um by not realizing what a gift it is to have everything that I was working towards crash and burn, you know? Um, And and this year for We Are Messengers was, was going to be the biggest year of our career. We were headlining everything all over the place. And we just come off the most successful few years that you could imagine. And, uh, and then it all just went away overnight. And so I guess I mourned, I mourned all the work and the toil and the effort that went into that. Um, and then I realized that the Lord was giving me a gift because, because I had forgotten about him again. And I say again because it's so funny that, you know, people in leadership of any sort within Christianity, you tend to look at them and think that they're always, Jesus is right. always on their mind. And, the tr- and that's not the truth. You know, a lot of the time what we do becomes more about what we're doing than about who we're doing it for. You know, and so we say we go to these things, we play these shows, or you go to these conferences and we say we're there to love other people. Uh, you know, so often that can become functional, us just doing that because it's what we do. Um, and I really fight against that. So the Lord, in taking us off the road, really woke us up. And so me and my wife and my kids, um, like today we were at Planned Parenthood in Nashville again. And we were standing outside with some pastors and just loving on young women who were, you know, feeling pressurized to have abortions by their parents or their boyfriend or partners. And, you know, we're, we're standing out there and 
people are throwing F-bombs at us and <laughs> flipping us off. And one guy, one guy threatened to run us over wow. in his car, you know. Um, but then you have the whole community. Um, it's an African-American community. It's a relatively mm. poor community in Nashville rallying around and just like they're honking their horns for us. They're out cheering us on because they know that that right. place is a place of death, you know, and they've seen enough of their African-American uh, brothers and sisters mm. go to the grave. And so the Lord who taken me off the road refocused us on what really mattered. And, and I think, you know, just to go back to the podcast, I think continually in my life, it has been suffering or disappointment or things falling apart that have drawn me back to Jesus. And, I, and you know, I don't think it has to be like that for everyone, but I guess I'm a particularly <laughs> stubborn mule and maybe it's the only way it gets my I think attention. that's why I like you um, so much because I, I see a lot of similarities in that. I think I'm <laughs> a stubborn mule too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're, you're a stubborn man too, but I love that. I think you got to have it, Rob, you know, especially with you and, and your health. And yeah, I hate to call it your condition because what's one man's condition to another, you know? Um, but it's very, it's needed because you're going to have to stand up when you're afraid and when you're hurting right. and when you don't want to go on and when you're doubting, you're still going to have to press yeah. in and move on. And so I'd say this, the scriptures are full of these words of, you know, about perseverance and endurance. Um, and I have one on my wall here, you know, and it's, it's super cool because it's a page from a Bible that was found in, a, in yeah. that bus crash we had a few years ago. You know, and in that bus crash, there was, you know, a man died and we lost mm. pretty much everything we had. And, you know, it's one of those moments where you wanted to stop and just give up and go home. Um, and we've had much... It's hard to say this after talking about a man losing his life, but we've had things that are maybe much worse than that happen to our family. Mm. Um, but each time we continue to go, so that passage on my wall is, is a page from the, you know, that was in the bus and it survived. And it's my, one of my favorite passages in the Bible. It's in Romans 5. And it says that suffering produces perseverance and perseverance produces character. And then character produces hope and hope never disappoints. You know, and, and the hope that we're talking about is the hope that we have in Jesus. It actually says in Romans that it never puts us to shame. And so I've realized that the greatest mode for changing a man like me mm. is suffering. Because suffering causes me to have to keep going. And when I keep going, I realize what kind of man I can be. I can be disciplined. I can be obedient. I can be passionate and not destroy things. You know, um, and when I develop that character that leads me to understand that Jesus never left me never left me when it was hurting when it was falling apart it was always with me and so that gives me the hope that he's always going to be with me in the future you know I was saying to my kids the other day I don't know whose quote this is <laughs> maybe an American quote you know we're only we're only certain of two things right, you know right, death right. and taxes you know and I was saying, well, we can be certain of the third thing, that Jesus Christ rose, you know, from the grave and seated at the right hand of God, the Father, interceding for us. But troubles come. Troubles always come. And Rob, you know it, I know it. We, we have this illusion that all is well. But the only reason for the believer to believe that statement is that all is well with our souls because Absolutely. of the sacrifice of Jesus. Absolutely. If you ever feel, Rob, and you, you feel this maybe more than I do, maybe you don't. I think like sometimes men 
we think we're invincible. Yeah. We think we're going to live forever in our in our we, you know, dad bods. <laughs> that's the that's the new thing I hear. You know, dad bod. <laughs> oh, well, if, if that's the new thing, I am yeah, maybe me too. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but where did we get this idea that this very fragile house of flesh and bone was going to live forever? It ain't. We're all going to the grave. And then, Rob, then comes Mm -hmm. the judgment. And I deserve, I deserve hell and I deserve death and I deserve eternity without God. But because he is full of love and rich and mercy, that is not what I'm going to get. That is not what I'm going to get. I'm going to get the very thing I don't deserve, which is a rescue, which is a healer which is all sorrow gone, all physical ailments gone, all disappointment gone. And I'm going to get to hang with Jesus and those that I love for the rest of eternity. And so why you keep going, Rob, why I keep going is because we know that message has to be preached. Even if they flip us off, even if they're hurling F-bombs through car windows, we're going to continue to love those people because we know that the only difference between us and them is that we fell right. on the mercy of Jesus. Absolutely. That's it. And, and yeah. I think you hit the nail on the head of enjoying the journey. We are going to suffer. But because of his sacrifice, mm. through the suffering, sometimes we even find purpose. You know, we, we've been talking about this here at, yeah. at Rise lately. Just because your story isn't finished doesn't mean it can't be told. Meaning, we're still walking through mm. it. We We... We still have good days and bad days. Some days are up. Other days are down. We're in the suffering of it all. But we hold on to Jesus. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes it's it's mm-hmm. easy to remember those that are flipping us off, honking, threatening to run us over. But then we have to wrestle with our own heart towards the Savior of the world, knowing in a moment's notice mm. he could heal our disappointments, our hurts, our aches, our pains. He could speak it. He could breathe it. He could whisper it and it could be done, but it doesn't always happen. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. And I think, and I think a big part of that, Rob, is um, admitting that it's okay to be disappointed. You know, you should be disappointed that you're stuck in that chair (laughs) where you want it to be. But I'm still holding on. You know, you should be. Yeah, but if you if you weren't disappointed, then you wouldn't really right. believe him at his word. And I should be disappointed that I fall for the same old sins right. time and time again, knowing that he's already made a way for me, something of greater glory. Um, and so the disappointment that God doesn't remove the thorn in our flesh is not a failing. That's just a sign that we're humans. And Jesus really fond of humans. I don't know if you've noticed but he says, I formed you. I breathed life into your nostrils out of the dust and knit you together in your mother's womb. You've been made in the image of God. And so what's the image of God look like? Does it look like a man who doesn't have to use your wheelchair? Does it look like a man who has a full head of hair and who's not five foot seven? Uh, does it look like some Greek Adonis somewhere? You know, it's all of it. It's all of it. You see, you're cast as much in the image of God as I am. And I'm cast in much as much in the image of God as, as a kid with Down syndrome or severe intellectual disabilities. 
or a, a kid who's lying in a container somewhere because somebody wants right. to take advantage of them. And then the guy that wants to take advantage of him, even he has been made in the image of God. He just is so far removed from the grace of God because of his choices that he can't see it. So maybe we're called through suffering to learn that we're frail, emotionally, spiritually, physically. We're busted and broken. You know, we're bent, but we're not broken. You know, when we're bent, we're like that reed, you know, in the wind. It's bent and bent and bent, but it's not broken, you know. We're not crushed because Absolutely. he's with us. You know, that's super cool. And you can't know that if you've never experienced right. these things. Exactly. But again, but again, everyone's going to experience yes. that in a very different way. So my testimony of coming through, you know, I guess alcoholism and violence and all of those things, that sounds yeah. great on paper. Yeah. <laughs> but uh I don't want that testimony for my kids. I want my kids to have walked with the Lord all their days. I want them never to have smelled or tasted the things I've tasted or done the things I've done. Mm. And I tell them that still. I pray for my oldest boy and I say, Elijah, I want to be a better man than me. You need to be a better man than me. And may it be so in the name of Jesus. Even now. Because, Rob, if I was a tenth of the man people think I am, I still wouldn't be a decent man. But God is good, and in me, the goodness of God lives. I'm yeah. a lucky son yeah. of a gun. Well, and you, know? and you say the goodness of God lives in you. So I want to I let listeners know this. And you'll, you'll probably remember this because I first met you at RiseFest. And I was in side-by-side, uh, yes, side, and I was driving up to you, and you walked up to me. You were in line to sign with all you know artists meet and greet all that stuff and you walked out of that line so we've got all these people waiting to meet you you walked over to my side by side <laughs> and you asked me how long you had that and to be honest i wasn't sure if you were talking about my ailment or whatever you want to call it or the side by side yeah <laughs> and i told you and just how you responded to that and then in that moment one of our, our team members today, before we were going to have this conversation, sent me a picture of what happened in that next moment. In that next moment, while all of those people were in line, you grabbed the back of my head and said, let's pray. And at that very moment, no, I'm dead serious. On, I have the picture on my phone to prove it. You started praying for you. And remember that. it was, I'll never forget it. So, yeah. You may be stubborn, mule, redoing the sin over and over again, but the mm-hmm. goodness of God lives in you. And that's what I appreciate, I appreciate so much. Just, I think you're forgetting, though. I think I'm you did. I loved it. That's when I fell in love with you. When I was like, the wife's always telling me not to cuss, you know, and she's right. But I often said to her, there were, there were certain things that deserve. And you nailed words, it. You, know? you nailed uh, it. And, and in, in the Midwest, we could use that word because technically it's not a swear word. It's it's, it's what manure is called. But man, when you said it to me, I was like, I could hang out with this guy all day long. There is, uh, because oh, that's, that's what I've always loved about you. You call a spade a spade. And when it sucks, it sucks. You know, oh. it does. You know, I would love when you're talking to people, even when you put this podcast out, I was thinking about this thing. It's on my mind a lot. Like whenever we, we, as Christians, 
we love the story of a broken man or woman coming to Jesus and, you know, finding hope and reconciliation, restoration. Grace. So grace is applied to them. You know, Jesus has done that, but Christians follow through and apply the same grace. Okay. But the problem is when those people have received that grace and then, you know, they're six, seven, eight, nine, ten years down the road again, and then they stumble again and they fall again. That grace is found lacking a lot of the time among believers. But we can't be a people that only apply the grace of God once to someone's life or apply mercy once. The scriptures talk about forgiving people seven times 70. And so in the Western church and in America in particular, we have to stop crucifying people when they mess up. Yeah, You know? Um, Absolutely. I know exactly what you're talking about. And we need to because it's it's hard to to continue to find that grace and that restoration when nobody will offer it. It's you know it's so often. Yeah. I mean, even even Paul going back to Paul, he said, "I do the things I don't want to do." You know, so often what we get mm-hmm. caught up in. I don't know if we always set out to get caught up in it. It's not necessarily what we wanted to do. It's it's just that thorn or thorn can be an ailment. It can it can be an yeah. addiction. It can be whatever. And you just don't want to do it. And yeah. Yeah, I've been guilty of that. Uh, somebody screws up and I need mm-hmm. to offer more grace. It, to be honest, it, this just happened the other day. Mm. It, to the stranger, it's okay. To my loved ones, whoo. It's harder yeah. to offer grace to your loved ones. You know, it's the truth. It's it's easier sometimes to love a field of yeah. 10,000 people than it is to love a, a yeah. dining room with six people, yeah. you know? And and I think that's my biggest struggle. Um, and again, to go back to the idea of suffering, that's what's drawn me closer to those, yeah. to that small group. Um, and the, my prime small group yeah. is my family. And suffering has has forced me to have to be at home, to have to be present, to have to be engaged. And I'll be honest, I hate it a lot of the time. Like it drives me absolutely off the wall. Nuts. Um, But then I watch my wife and I watch the kids and I watch these really incredible intimate moments. You know, like my youngest son now started because I shaved my head. He started like rubbing it. He's two and he started saying woof, woof, (laughs) you know, like a dog or something. Um, and I live for that. I live for him. It gets to the point where I'm saying, yeah. I rub daddy's head, yeah. <laughs> you know, because I, in that moment, I feel so, yeah, so happy. And happiness is very rare in my life. Um, joy is constant. That's, yep. that's that Jesus thing. But sometimes it's okay to yep. want to feel happy too, you know. Absolutely. Um, and so suffering led me to happiness. And, uh, perseverance led me to hope and sorrow led me to joy and they're they're bedfellows you can't have one without the other uh there's no way around it you know so good absolutely love it i know you said you had 20 minutes so i don't want to you know get you in trouble with (laughs) those loved ones that you have in the other (laughs) (laughs) i'm trying to hide but i I absolutely love it i just you know appreciate your heart so very very much and yeah, you just, Cheers, we, we've learned a lot over this COVID time. I've learned that my ailment, me being around more and being less on the road does put some pressure on my family because they got to help more. 
So then I yeah. like to get out because you know mm. my wife actually just had to go to the chiropractor today because she had a twisted tailbone from lifting and different things like that. But I've also seen these beautiful moments of the whole family coming together. I mean, my son, who's now 17, going to be 18 in November, is the one that travels with me on Sundays when I speak. And the, mm. the kid can pick me That's up and amazing. carry me around. We, we just shot something on Sunday where he jumped off the boat with me into the lake. It was awesome. It was oh, just absolutely. And then now uh, my wife, my son, and my oldest oh, daughter are the ones that pulled me back into the boat. And that's not easy. Man, if that's right. not the gospel, I don't know what is. So, you know? Yeah. That's so, and so, that's so beautiful. I think we all get wow. sick of it. I mean, we really do. We get, we get tired of it. But like I always tell my kids, you know, if, if we're going to walk this because somebody else sees the light, finds hope, sees the gospel, then we'll continue to walk it. Would I have chosen it? No, I would have chosen yeah. Darren. I would have rather been him singing with We Are Messengers than wheeling around in the chair. <laughs> <laughs> Can't be sure sometimes. But, you know, for whatever reason, this is our platform. And some, some days I'm grateful. Yeah. We we did Best of Rise Fest last week on social media because we, we couldn't host it because of the pandemic. And we had some of our team members write on behalf of what their best of Rise Fest was. And one guy that's been with me forever wrote that he has prayed so many times for God to heal me. But after watching people have to help me and what happens through that, he wrote, it's the first time I've thanked God for his disability. I was yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's just dope. Like I was saying, you should be disappointed. You know, because we, we serve a God we believe yes. moves miraculously. But we have to remember that it's all temporary. All of it. My health is temporary. Just as temporary right. as your ailment right. is temporary. I do. I do. do you know what I mean? And, and there will come a day where when he says those words, just say the word and I'll be healed. Where we hear that said in the scripture. And we won't even need to say that anymore. Yeah. We'll breathe the breath. We'll close your eyes. We'll stand before the throne. There'll be the judgment. I got to remind people there's a judgment coming for for the saved and the unsaved. Um, but and then, yeah. then. So you've lived your life from for there almost. You know you've been present when you can be, as I have been. But men like us tend to live our lives for the there. You know we hunger for that which has not yet come. We hunger for a king that we haven't seen, but we believe with everything in us because he's like, uh, dude, he's the only thing that's real. I'm like, there's my desk. Right. That seems real to me. Yeah. That's all passing away. We got something permanent to chase. In the it end, will. all will be well, you know? But until that, persevere, like James talks about. If you persevere, your faith will be made complete and you will lack in nothing. And that's a load of nonsense to my human ears because I go, well, if, if Rob here's not exactly nothing, not walk, right. you know, only in it. No. But that's not what the scripture's saying. It says that when your faith is made complete and you are so overwhelmingly in love with Jesus, you won't even care whether you're walking, right. sitting, lying down, yes. or whatever it is. And that's what we hunger for. And so I pray that God goes <laughs> easy on us both. <laughs> I want 
I, I want him, but Lord, just go easy sometimes, you know, because I'm, you know, I have a healthy I fear of the Lord. So do I. Um, so do I. Oh, so <laughs> anyway, all right. I best go. Yeah, I appreciate it so much. I do. And I hope to see you soon again at, at Rise Fest. <laughs>